0: He's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata and Bellottafied.
1: Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bellotified, the one, the only podcast about events, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bellotta, and I'm here as I am every week with the delicious, always optimistic Alexia Cristina Postalides. (laughs) Hi, Alex. Hi, everyone. So what's on your
0: mind today? Well, I am glad you asked, because this morning I woke up thinking, which means stir the pot right. Because if you don't, what happened to you, my Thea Stella, my great Thea Stella, while she was preparing dinner for her husband's boss, right? And she was a rebel, so she didn't believe in superstitions, and she didn't stir the stifado right when she was making it. Well, her husband didn't get the promotion. And great shame was brought upon her family. So always stir the pot right, left to right, bottom and up.
1: Duly noted. (laughs) So having said that, what's on your mind? Well, I was told never to stir the pot. (laughs) I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Is it what I'm thinking? it's time for the tip of the day. All right, tip of the day. Planning a recognition dinner with an onstage program and unsure whether to provide plated service or food stations? Well, my personal rule of thumb is to provide plated service when a staged award presentation is on the agenda. So to more easily obtain and retain focus for the awards, the reason for the evening, Uh, And also, uh, I would say that food stations and buffets work when the award program is either brief or extremely entertaining. Otherwise, sit your guests and plate their food. That's the tip of the day. Nice. All right. Before we get started, if you're a new listener, please take this time to like and subscribe.
0: Go ahead. We'll give you a sec. Why,
1: Why, thank
0: you. All right, folks, the story of our guest today is one of inspiration out of a life altering experience, knowing that it was time to stop pretending, no more trying to be who everyone expected him to be because of where he lived or where he grew up. He packed up his life, moved and started over. It was a saying passed down from his grandfather to his father that helped him get through some tough times throughout his life and became the inspiration to create something that would connect and encourage others to be themselves. That phrase, man up. Please welcome the beautifully inspiring creator of the DILF party, Man Up, and Joe Whittaker presents Mr. Joe Whittaker.
2: Well, howdy, Joe. Good morning. (laughs) Thank you for that beautiful introduction.
1: Well, uh, you have earned that beautiful introduction. Yes. And and before we get started on how you've earned that introduction, we have a little uh, game we like to play called 10 Quick Questions. 10 Quick Questions? Are you ready for your 10 quick questions, Joe? I am ready, yes. All right, question number one. Do you believe in miracles? Yes, absolutely. What do you love most about what you do?
2: I love, as I just saw um, this, this weekend um, at Atlanta Pride, I love seeing people happy and having a wonderful time dancing and just being who they are. That's, that's one of the most inspiring parts of what I do, is to see people just truly happy and just enjoying the music. And, and I do have people tell me that all the time. I come to your parties and I feel like I can be myself.
0: <sighs> it's lovely.
2: I love that part.
1: When was the last time you tried something new?
2: Um, <laughs> I, I love that question. Uh, I, I actually, my, my beautiful partner, Colin Loudreau, had me in July go zip lining in of Vallarta. I'd never zip lined in my life. Uh, we we were at the top of this mountain, and we we it was like a 15-legged course of zip lining, traversing down waterfalls. Um, so that was in July, just right after San Diego Pride, and I, I, it was amazing. I had a, a wonderful time.
1: Let's do it again. Yes,
2: <laughs> zip lining's fun. I love it. Yes. yes, it is so much fun. <laughs> Joe, what's
1: the first word that comes to your mind when you think about you?
2: Um, Man of his word. I know that's not not a word, that's a phrase. Hey,
1: that's okay. That's a great phrase to live by.
0: It's so incredibly important. So I personally thank you for that.
2: Well, I believe it's very important
1: to, to yeah. a man of your work. I can't agree more. Uh, pick one, award show or beauty pageant?
2: <laughs> oh gosh, that's tough. Um, I, I love both, so I don't know. I'll go with a beauty pageant.
1: <laughs> mm, I love that too. What is the most memorable live concert show or festival you've ever experienced?
2: Well, I um, I actually had, that's a new thing that just happened recently as well. Uh, Colin and I went to uh, San Francisco. We were supposed to go for all the Folsom activities. Uh, ended up, we had to change our plans due to some circumstances, and we went to the, the new music festival called Portola. And... We had already planned to go one day of it, but then we ended up just doing the whole weekend and we were able to see the Chemical Brothers. Um, We met the photographer of Blessed Madonna and he ended up inviting us backstage to hang out with her during her set. Um, And there was about 35,000 people at this festival and they had uh, three main stages or four. And it was truly amazing had just an amazing time. We we got to hear and see so many talented DJs. But the Chemical Brothers stole the show of the weekend. I've been a longtime fan of theirs and they were incredible. Their visuals, their sound, it's it's just, it's so beautiful. So that was my last in and just recently. So it was amazing.
1: Thank you for sharing. Yeah. What do you think about most when you're driving?
2: When I'm driving, uh, I think about someone not hitting me because people <laughs> in California drive crazy.
0: Not <laughs> for you.
2: Good answer. People in general drive crazy these days. <laughs> They've
0: gotten you. crazier since COVID, I'm going to say.
2: I do agree with you on that. I think people have gotten crazier since COVID driving yes. wise. Uh, I st- it still blows my mind that people are on the f- their phones and driving. Um, and I, it terrifies me. I put my phone on my charger in my car. Uh, I have a, a, just a charging deck and I put my phone there and I will close the compartment just because I don't want to see it. And everything comes through on my Apple. So I'm able to answer text messages easily by voice. But uh, it does scare me when I see people holding their phones, texting.
0: Amen.
1: A friend of mine was coming here from Los Angeles last year and was taking a bus and looked down at the car next to the bus. It was a Tesla and the two people in the front seat were playing cards. Oh, <laughs> oh my you lord. Wait, the
0: cards on a screen are cards, cards like physical cards.
1: Like physical cards. Oh they were playing cards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe, if Mickey Mouse weren't famous, would you have him over to dinner? Of course. Nah, good guy. He's such yeah. a good guy. And if you put the invitation Mickey out, <laughs> it's going to happen, right? Yes. <laughs>
2: Absolutely.
1: Have you ever done drag?
2: no i have not um i i've worked with some amazing drag queens and uh, i have such a respect for them um, and i have a story about how i was introduced to drag queens when i came out but um i have not i have promised my friends and my partner that i will do it one day and when i do it it will be for charity absolutely um and and i will i I, I have told Chad Michaels before that if I ever do it, I either need Chad Michaels or Kitty Glitter from Sydney, Australia, who's a close friend, and DJ of mine. Either one of them have to help me do it. I I, I just, or Morgan McMichaels. I love Morgan and I've met her numerous times, but one of those three would have to help me. I just, I, 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 it would be, it's gonna be a big challenge for me because I, I'm always, accused of being too manly sometimes I'm like, well, that's just me. I'm sorry. I don't
1: know. I I was going to say you are going to need help and I mean that in the nicest possible way. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I know I will.
0: (laughs) But having said that, you will easily get it.
1: (laughs) Joe, last question. What's the one thing you wish you could stop doing?
2: One thing I wish I could stop doing, let's see. Um... I I do wish that I could um, not be so gut wrenching nervous sometimes before events. Um, I, I I try to I'm trying my hardest to get better at that. I'm always worried about you know j- people showing up, but I, you know they always show up. It's just like I worry about people showing up. I worry about the stage, the sound, of lighting, everything being perfect. I am a perfectionist, and I want things to look a certain way and feel a certain way when not just anybody walks in the door, but the very first people to the last, I want people to walk in and go, wow, this is amazing. And so I I wish I would not tear my stomach up so much and not to worry about that. So that's one thing I wish I could stop. I tried to get better at it.
1: (laughs) You know, I think when you when you spend your life in the theater, you come to understand that there are some things that the audience just doesn't see. Yes. And, uh, you know, not that you want to take shortcuts uh, or, you know, do something halfway, but there is a little bit of calmness in, in, in recognizing that, right? That, that there are certain things that they just won't see, and so it doesn't really make sense to stew over them.
2: Uh, that's that's really good advice and I appreciate you saying
1: that <laughs> you'll get you'll get there some you'll get there someday because you'll just be so over it all. Just, oh who cares anymore oh, <laughs> He cares he cares I do, I do care. <laughs> well let's talk about what it is that you do and how it impacts the the events community in particular uh you throw huge events huge parties I, go ahead please I go ahead.
2: I guess I do. I mean, I mean, I've I have thrown some pretty big parties. I am still throwing some pretty big parties, but we also throw, you know, smaller parties in it just depends on the city. But my my brand that I built that's in all these cities, um, you know, we go where where we can to try to have the event in as many cities as possible mm-hmm. because we get requests to have it. And, uh, so I, I do medium to to large events, I guess, small, medium, and large. (laughs) And
1: and let's, let's clarify a little bit. You're nervous that people won't show up because unlike many of the other people that we talk to on this podcast, your livelihood depends on whether people will show up or not, because you're invested in the event yourself. It's, it's your event and you're not throwing it for somebody else who's footing the bill. So, um, I I wanted to make that distinction because it, it, it's a very big distinction uh, for many of us who are in the business that don't put up our own cash. It's a different uh, uh, it's a different formula. You know, you have to make sure that uh, you do get an audience there. So what is it that you do and how do you market to make sure that happens?
2: Well, I, it's interesting you asked that. And I, I, um, I was asked this weekend at Atlanta Pride by someone at the tea dance that I was producing. Um, he said, what was your very first event and how many people showed up? And I'm like, well, that was uh, a little over eight years ago. And I threw a party called Beef here in San Diego at the club Numbers, that's no longer open. Mm-hmm. And they allowed me to to throw my new party And I think that night we may have had 60, 75 people show up. We did it on a Friday night. I was like, you know, it's the first time people were very encouraging, but um, I said, you know, that, that was the first one. And then a couple of months later, I was asked by (laughs) another bar to create a party. Um, They wanted me to rethink beef. And so I, I, I asked friends, I talked to, to more than one close friend and I was having coffee with a friend and, and he, he's the one that gave me the idea and said, you should do this. Um, and then fast forward to 2019, I was holding my DILF brand party in Palm Springs for Palm Springs Pride. And we had 2,700 people come through the door. Wow. So that's what i've done Mm -hmm. and i'm very in awe of it and very just it just overwhelms me sometimes um i when i really stop and think about it and i have to apologize my voice is 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 not normal right now because i spent 14 hours at at in atlanta doing two events back to back we took an hour break we closed the club got everybody out and started the closing party an hour later but um just talking over the music all for 14 hours i've kind of lost my voice but um that is how the dilf brand started by a friend over coffee saying you should call your party dilf and it did start out as a party that was essentially off of the play of the MILF Mm -hmm. idea, but it has evolved way beyond that. It is not just a party for daddies. In 2019, we changed our entire marketing and idea of how we would present it because of the mobile app that we created. That is that is on Apple Play, or excuse me, on Apple Store and Google Play. You can download the app, and uh, it is a it's a it's an app where guys can meet, uh, guys can interact and, and chat. It also lists all the the parties that are coming up, but um, it evolved to the slogan being "Dudes, Daddies, Discreet, Don't Know, Dildos for All Men." Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's the brand that I, I, I have worked on and built and we got it trademarked. The final trademark was approved in um, March of this year. Um, I own the trademark for the event and I own the trademark for jocks and sporting goods. So Dilf, if it's printed on the jock or sporting goods, it's, it's through me. Mm. Um, and if the event is produced anywhere in this country, it's by me, it can't be by anyone else. Nice. Um,
1: How many subscribers do you have to the app?
2: Uh, the last, uh, the, I, my programmer checked, we have about 72,000 right now. Wow. wow. And, and I would say they're all active. I mean, the app, sure. the, the, app is, the app has gone through some turmoil in the beginning. It, 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 I've gone through uh, a couple of sets of programmers uh, the mobile app was a huge challenge. Um, it's very different than just hosting a website or having a website. It's much more complicated. Um, and, uh, but I, we've learned a lot and we're, we're making some real progress with it this year in 2022. So I'm very proud of the work we've done on it. Um,
1: How instrumental do you think the app is to... Uh, Gating attendance at your events. Does it play? I would, am-
2: I would say it's. Um, it has helped uh, with attendance, but the the attendance to the events it it's 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 kind of blows my mind. Sometimes the attendance from the events is is really um, it's just the the. The reputation of the brand is what people have told me is why they come. Mm -hmm. They know that they can come to a party where they're they're going to be accepted no matter what they're, whether they're all the different body types that we have out there. Right. um, Or it doesn't matter. um, You know, if you're a muscle guy or you're a twink or you're a bear, it doesn't matter. Uh, we accept everybody and I want everyone to be accepted and feel welcome it, it, it's and, and it, it's and it, it, it's it's that that's the reason why the party has become what it is is because growing up in the south and being raised by grandparents that um, just have very strong values about everyone being, um, respected and appreciated with no matter your color, your race, whatever. My grandfathers both fought in World War II and they fought alongside men of color. And um, they, even though we lived in a very small Northeast Alabama town, um, they felt it was very strong that all are very important that all of their grandchildren knew what, how important it was to respect everyone mm-hmm. and to respect everyone's values and, and appreciate everyone. And, uh, and so that is something that in creating these parties in the gay world, um, I absolutely wanted everyone coming to my events to feel welcome. Mm.
1: And, and, and I'd just like to be clear with the listeners that that's not as easy as it may sound. Right, right. And that in the gay community, there is as much prejudice as there is anywhere else. And um, the muscle guys don't always interact with the twinks and the bears and the daddies. And so bringing them together was quite a feat and is quite a feat.
2: It, it's it's It continues to always be something that that. I want our staff and the DJs and the venues to understand it's important to me. I don't want anyone to walk in the door and to feel like they're not welcome. And my staff, my crew, uh, they welcome everybody at the beginning of the night and then at the end of the night. And then when I can, I'm at the door as people are exiting, just like I did in, in Atlanta on Sunday at the uh, um, tea dance after it was over. Uh, I went straight to the exit door and I thanked everybody for
1: being Oh, Joe. Wow.
0: That's amazing. That really is. And what a beautiful thing to put out in the world.
2: And I, I wish
0: more people were doing that.
2: It's very important to me. Um, I um, My very first boat party in San Diego, and Anthony, you, you're familiar with my boat here and mm-hmm. uh, it's a 1200 capacity boat. And uh, the first year that I threw it, um, I... I of course was nervous as hell because of just the the price tag to rent that thing. Um, But it's through Hornblower Cruises, they're a wonderful group to work with. But um, I was so nervous that year, the first time throwing it, it it turned out to be awesome, it was amazing. Kitty Glitter, Corey Craig, Max Bruce were all involved, my DJs. And uh, the one thing that I'll never forget, um I asked the Captain to make sure that I could have time to get down to the gangplank before the doors were open so that I could thank every person, all eleven hundred people that were on the boat and um and he the Captain made sure I could get down there in time before they they got the guards and everything ready to open and uh I stood there and I thanked every person it meant a lot. To me, <laughs> because it was San Diego Pride, it was the first time of doing this boat. And um, that next week, I got a, a beautiful email from someone thanking me. He said, for you to stand there and thank every person that had been on that boat. He's like, this is that's amazing. <laughs> I think Grace. of it, I look at it as, you know what, that's, that's, <laughs> that's something that easy to me. It's, it's easy and I love it and I enjoy it. I can't, I can't do it at every event sometimes. I can't do it at every venue sometimes. I try my best when I can. Um, but you know, I think about just what other people have to go through in life. Uh, trans people, uh, gay individuals in, in small towns, I think about what they have to go through. I think about for somebody to thank me for just standing at the door and thanking people for coming to my event, that's, that's easy.
0: Well, you make them feel seen and heard and important and not invisible. And that's huge, Joe.
1: Yes. And you're also doing it at a time when most people would be out the door with their cash. Yeah.
2: The party is <laughs> over. Get out. Yeah. That's, that's not really. No, that's not me. At no,
1: all. not at all. No. So what has changed for you since the pandemic? Are you working differently? Has anything changed in your world? Oh, yes. With regard to the events?
2: A lot has changed. Definitely. A lot has changed uh, in terms of just um, preparing for the events or being better prepared for whatever could happen. I mean, um, now I feel like I've, I've always got in my mind, okay, what's, you know, are we going to have a monkeypox outbreak or are we going to have a something right. like that Are we, so we now, you know, make sure that in our supplies, we have face masks. Um, excuse me. We're ready to like, just deal with whatever. Um, we, we, I talked to my crew about, you know, just being more aware of people and their concerns whether it's somebody, you know, asking questions about, you know, can they, can they come to the event if they don't have this vaccine or can they, you know, what, what do they need to do to be able to come to our events? Uh, we always communicate to everyone that we follow the uh, guidelines of the health department in each city. And, and so if the, if the health department is requiring masks, then we have to require a mask. If they're not, we're not going to be requiring them. If they require a vaccine, we're going to have to require a vaccine. Thankfully, with monkeypox, we we didn't have to require a vaccine to be a, a vaccination proof to to come to an event. Um, but I feel like we've gotten over that wave of concern with monkeypox. Um, I'm I'm just kind of ready for the next one. Who knows what's oh, next? please. But but yes, that's changed the, the, the way we handle the preparation for the events. Um, it's also, I, I think I've, I've certainly changed in terms of just, I, I, I mean, not that I wasn't thankful before, now I'm even more thankful uh, when we're producing an event and things are running well, and we're not having to worry about those things like requiring masks or requiring a vaccination proof um so yeah it's, it's 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 a different feel i guess since the pandemic i was shut down for 13 months i did not produce a party for 13 mm-hmm. months I, it was i not only did close close friends and advisors but my attorney said you cannot do it you cannot be labeled as a super spreader right too hard for your brand you have to be two months out from the, vac- the vaccine being released. and that's what we did. We went 13 months. I went in so much debt um, at, but I held on. I held on, I got help from friends. I got help um, from lots of individuals and I, I just held on and uh, And you know during the pandemic, I, I, I had a, I, I was told, you know, you're done. this is it. You're going to go bankrupt. You're never going to produce a party ever again. Um, I was also told that events are dead. They'll never come back. You might as well accept this. Wow. This was was from a person or a couple people that are not very nice individuals and they, they wanted to see me fail. Um, I knew that that was not going to be the case in terms of events. I knew Mm -hmm. events were going to come back. We're a society and a country that we thrive on events. We thrive on being able to go out and be among our family and friends and, and hear live music and 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 see live sporting events and things like that. I knew events were not going to be dead. Um, so um, it's it has changed me. The pandemic has changed me a lot in terms of just how I approach things and how I kind of, I don't let as many things stress me out anymore. Mm, good. I, do, I still, still have that stress, a, a level of stress. But I feel like living through the pandemic, I think I can get through about anything now.
1: What about liability, Joe? Do you worry about that? Do you worry that oh, somebody's yeah. going to come forward? And do people have to sign a waiver or do they agree when they buy a ticket?
2: No, they don't. Um, I, I was worried about the liability in the beginning, but then I know I, I was informed that a Almost every state, I believe, uh, put laws into place um, when it came to being able to sue over COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just couldn't sue a business if you caught COVID because the contact tracing just was not efficient, it right. efficient and that effective. And, and to be able to sue a business saying you've got COVID there, you could have gotten COVID in your Uber or Lyft. You could have gotten COVID. Mm-hmm. In the parking lot, you, right. you don't know where you got it. So, um, I was concerned about the liability in the beginning, but I but because I did not hold any events until April of 2021, I, once I started back up and I had people coming to my events saying thank you for what you did, thank you for not trying to throw an event, thank you for not trying to take people's money uh, when they were uncertain and scared but at the same time wanted to get out and do something he's like thank you for I just had so many people say thank you for not doing an event and waiting and and I'm thankful I did wait um as hard as it was as scared as I was um about you know how when and how I was going to be able to start up but the first three months April through July of last year I was just amazed my first la event that i held we had over a thousand we had right at a thousand people attended um and uh and and we we still had you know some some rules in place from the health department then they wanted we had to check vaccination cards and but people were ready to come out and they were ready to Mm -hmm. accept that the events were, were happening again and they were they were very appreciative of it but it, it did teach me a lot.
1: So, how, Joe? How do you um, keep a work-life balance, and, and what does that look like to you?
2: Well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, or is there any balance? Yeah, it's always a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tricky question. <laughs>
2: there is balance. Um, I mean, right now, I'm I. I'm back at the same level. I guess I was before the pandemic in 20, 2019, Eventbrite sent me a report and I produced 75 parties that year.
1: Wow. Um, In 79 and in 2019, you produced 70,
2: 75,
1: five parties
2: around the country. That's incredible. That's Um, incredible. In 2020, I I didn't even look at the report. There was no reason to, I started in April and I, I slowly started back. Um, I didn't get into every venue I was in. And some of that was venues. There's still a, a couple of venues that I work with that there's one in particular, and I don't want to give their name, but they just finally got reopened um, last month. Wow. Um, and then there was one venue that, that closed down. Mm. Um, they couldn't, they didn't survive. Um, but I am back to the level of, we are now producing, five parties a month in five different cities. So every weekend, I'm either on a plane, a train or an automobile, and I'm going to one of those cities. um, LA and long beach are the two I get to drive or take a train. Um, so I, and yes, I personally try to be at every one of the events. Um, in 2019, I did do some three- and four-party weekend binges where I would have you know four parties in four different cities. When I do that, I wow. pick where I can go to, and then I have my crew managers that will go to the other parties. Um, I have done that already in 2022. I've had a four-party weekend. I've had a three-party weekend. Um, I love what I do I'm very thankful I get to do what I do um I had someone in Atlanta ask me why do you do this and I said well I was when I was a kid my parents took me to see Saturday Night Fever and I was in awe I didn't want to be John Travolta I wanted to own the club and play the music or have the music play that John danced at Uh um but in the straight world I had no idea how I was ever gonna have a nightclub and then when I got married uh in college um due to my my ex-wife's family's religious background I knew that owning a nightclub would be impossible um and so I uh I I always had that dream I I loved loved music Mm -hmm. I never missed Casey Kasem's Countdown yes on Sundays I listened to Casey Kasem every Sunday (laughs) And um, and so I guess just growing up, going to college, living my life as you said earlier, doing what everyone wanted me to do and thought that I, who I was, is this all-American guy. Um, I kind of changed. I, I kind of um, surprised them very much when I came out at age forty. Um, but my coming out was, it was a forced coming out. And um, I, um, what I went through with my family, with my son who was 10 years old at the time, with friends that would not speak to me, college friends, high school friends um, that wanted me to come home and get help. My church that wanted to send me to a shockwave therapy camp. Oh, dear Lord. Um, I actually had my pastor and seven elders sit in my home the first time when I went home to try to see my son, tried to send me to a camp to convert me back to straight. And I said, no, I'm going back to Denver. I'm sorry. Wow. I do. I never wanted to hurt any of them. I never wanted to caused them pain, I know I did. I was a Sunday school teacher. Um, But in my heart, I was very tormented and torn. I knew who I was deep down inside, but growing up, I I had everyone telling me that was wrong. Mm -hmm. It was corrupt, it was sinful. I had no clue what the gay world was like. I lived in Alabama, I lived in such a bubble but um when i did get to come out one of the things i thought to myself is i want to do something i've always dreamed about and that's throw events and i had no clue how i was going to do that but when i had when i went to my first denver pride i was at that party at tracks in denver and I said to my close friends who were kind of like my mentors when I came out, they kind of put, they kind of protected me and helped me. They taught me everything. I was so naive. I didn't know some of the terms. I didn't know what "woof" meant. I didn't know what a top and a bottom was. I was like, this is all so crazy, but there's all these rules in the gay, gay world and you have to learn them. And, um, but I told them, I said, I want to throw parties. And they're like, Joe, if you want to throw parties, throw parties. At the time, the partner I was with, he said, I don't want you doing this. I'm like, but I want to do this. I've now had two partners that told me. I don't want you throwing parties.
1: Oh, my Lord.
2: And I finally in 2014 said, you know what? I want to throw parties and I'm going to do it. I was even told by both of them that you don't know anybody. Nobody's going to come to your party. Um, I don't. I'm not. I don't hold that against them. I know at the time there was a lot of fear and concern. Concern about me, concern about me being sucked into a world of partying and events that might ruin me. And and it easily could ruin someone. It could easily ruin a person that is doing the level of events that I do and and, and in the, the the scenes that I'm in. But um, I think I I think I've learned along the way how to balance it. And so I I know this is a long answer to your question. I really try to balance it all. Um, My rock and the man that has helped me from the beginning of this, we started out as as best friends when he first walked up to me at San Diego Pride in 2013. His line was, oh, you're Joe Whitaker that has 5,000 friends on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) and i said yeah i i am at the time i was not throwing parties i just had five thousand friends on facebook and and uh colin that was the beginning of colin and i becoming close friends he's from louisiana i'm from alabama so we had that southern boy thing and um i've always looked at him for his opinion because he's such a smart intelligent man. And he knew the gay world way better than I did, even at that time. And we came out about the same time, but he just, he knew so much more about the gay world than I did. But um, Colin keeps me grounded. He always helps put me in my place. If I need to be put in my place, mm-hmm. he will say something and be like, Joe, you got to remember who you are and how hard you have worked." but at the same time, you got to remember who you are. And, and so Coming home and being home with him is where I feel grounded. It's where I can recollect myself, recollect my thoughts, come to our house here. And we we're very fortunate to have a house just outside of Hillcrest here in San Diego, that it's just, it's kind of our, it's our, it's our a place that we, we feel at peace. Mm-hmm. We, we just are able to come here and just recollect and, and be together. We have our closest friends that come over and see us. And it's not a party house. It's not a party. We don't have, we have big parties here. We can't, because this is kind of my safe place. But um, we do enjoy it when we can have close friends that come over. But um, yeah, I try to balance it. It's not easy. It's a challenge. And there's some days I could work. I mean, I could work 14 hours a day just trying to keep caught up. But I've had to learn to... Um, I've had to learn to hand off some responsibilities to people. I've had Mm -hmm. to learn to hire people that can help me. I've got two assistants now. Um, I I can't do it all by myself. It's, it's just, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And the schedule we have coming up, we have Orlando pride this weekend. Um, I have the honor of being selected to be the official Saturday night event of Orlando pride. It's not a Dilf party. It's my new party that we created this year, and Colin's actually the man that had the idea. It's called Rainbow House. And uh, it's a lot like my boat party in San Diego, Escapade. It is an all-inclusive party. It is for everyone. Um, and that's a, that's been a challenge for me and a struggle for me. Um, creating the DILF brand was something that I wanted to do for all the guys that told me, we need a party for the guys. We need a party. I had guys in their forties and fifties saying there's no parties anymore that I can go to and feel comfortable. They said all the circuit parties, they didn't feel comfortable at. Right. So that's where Dilf got created. But when I created Dilf, I, I did have a lot of pain growing pains with that because I would have, I would have women from the community try to come to the events. And, and that always was an issue because the guys being in their jocks didn't want women to be, snapping their job bands or playing with their their butt and things like that and we we really tried hard to make it a men's event and in doing that it's it it, it hurt it was hard to do because the last thing I wanted was not to make someone feel unwelcome um, so that's why it was so important to create escapade for San Diego because I wanted a party for everyone whether, no matter what you are in our community, non-binary, lesbian, gay, doesn't matter. I wanted a party for everyone, so being able to do this in Orlando, doing Rainbow House, I'm so excited to do, um, because I want everyone to be there that that is gay and out and proud, and that's what the um, that's the slogan is has always been for our deal Pride events is out and proud. Um, for Rainbow House, it is out and proud as well. Um, we're very excited to have Lady Camden, who's going to be performing. Oh, lovely! Uh, as well as Meatball, and uh, or Meatball will be performing at the Sunday event. We're doing Happiness Tea Dance on Sunday in Orlando, and it is the official closing party. So the uh, Come Out for Pride or Come Out with Pride Orlando Pride Committee asked me earlier this year to be the official events, and it's uh, it's such a huge honor. I, um, I, somebody asked me if they think I finally made it. Um, I am getting really close. It's the it's dream come true to have a, a city, a pride committee ask me to be their official events. It is a dream come true. Um, and it's happening this coming weekend. <laughs> Yay. So, so wh-
1: where is the event in Orlando?
2: It is going to be at the ACE Cafe and event space downtown. It's walking distance from the festival. Uh, It will be starting at 8 o'clock on Saturday night. Um, The festival ends at 9 o'clock. I'm super excited to have DJ T uh, T Don, who just helped me do Atlanta Pride. Uh, GSP from Greece is going to be the other uh, uh, DJ along with us inside. We're going to have an outside stage uh, where Lady Camden will be performing. And we'll have DJ Seth Breezy from Atlanta and then Morobito from New York City. Mm. Um, and how,
1: how many folks, how many tickets are available? Or uh, let me rephrase that. How many tickets were available when you started selling them?
2: Well, I don't ever talk about tickets. I don't talk about number of tickets and how many tickets are available or how many tickets are going to be sold. This is something I don't do. Uh, we're going to get everybody in we can the venue can hold 3,000 plus with outside and inside. So sold
1: sold out yet?
2: Not sold out, no.
1: Okay, not good. Sold
2: out. Um,
1: and we, you're talking about two different parties this weekend, yes?
2: Well, we have a Rainbow House. We actually have DILF out in Proud on Friday night at Ace. Mm-hmm. It is not an official event of Orlando Dilf, of come out with Pride Orlando for lots of reasons because it is DILF. Um, But Saturday night is Rainbow House from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Sunday, 3.30 to 9.30 is Happiness Tea Dance. Happiness is the tea dance I created in San Diego with the boat party escapade. Happiness is a party that um, I've I always wanted to do one because I, I truly love the song Happiness by Alexis Jordan. Uh, And in 2010, the partner that I was with, that was his favorite song. Unfortunately, he died three years ago Mm -hmm. and. um, I wanted that T dance. To be in his honor, and that's why it became part of the boat party here in San Diego. Um, And that is why we're having it in in Orlando. This is called happiness. And it, and it will be on Sunday at the veranda at Thornton Park. And it's with um, DJ James Anthony out of New York and Morbido out of New York. Um, so it's it's going to be a fun weekend. We're extremely excited. I'm extremely excited to work with Lady Camden and Meatball. I've not met either one of them. Um, I'm big fans of them. Um, and so... It's we're, we're really excited. Um, this month is a crazy month. I, I, I know that we haven't talked about this yet, but um, I did say someone asked me if I finally made it. Um, I don't know if this is crazy or not, but this month is um, the craziest schedule I've ever had. I'm producing 21 parties and seven cities this month. Wow, Joe. Oh my God. Do you sleep? Uh, um I try to I try to get sleep every night. Um biggest part of that is 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 because I've taken on um not taken on I've been asked to come to Varda and do uh, a weekend of events for Halloween weekend. And uh there's a new club owner down there. He has two two spaces that are um it's a two two level club. And uh, I went down after San Diego Pride, met him. He, he came to San Diego in January this year, t- met me at my event, wanted me to come down and, and see what he was doing there. And so I went down in July. That's when Colin and I got to zipline and uh, was just blown away. Um, <clears throat> the, bars, the, the two bars are called Studs Bear Bar and Therapy Cocktail Bar. And Mike and uh, his crew, his manager, Hector, They have just been amazing to work with. And so we are doing 10 parties uh, starting on October 27th through the 31st. And it's a combination of DILF parties. Um, There's a couple of after hours parties. There's a beach party. There's a rooftop party. Um, I'm bringing in six DJs for the weekend. So that's, that's 10 parties right there. So the other 11 parties are in the other six cities but it's because it's, it's, it's Atlanta Pride. We just finished. I also had a big warehouse party in LA to kick the month off. And then after Orlando this weekend, the next weekend is um, for the 21st is um, the beginning of my birthday weekend. I turned 55 this year. And on Saturday, the 22nd is the eighth year anniversary of the DILF party starting in San Diego. Um, and then on Sunday, the 23rd is my birthday. So this whole month is like, it's, <laughs> it's like a lot of dreams are coming true. Um, amazing. It blows me away that it's been eight years. Um, but I, I will say, I, I, I had, in Atlanta this past weekend, I had people because I've announced on on social media that that I was having these 21 parties Mm -hmm. and eighth year anniversary of deal. And I had so many people just come up to me and say, you know, what you've done is amazing. And I hope you're proud. And and I just had people tell me that they just, they love what I've done. And that means so much. So Mm -hmm. even though it's a lot and it's gonna be crazy and I'm not gonna get a lot of sleep, it's gonna be well worth it. (laughs) And it goes back to what I said earlier. I truly, truly love seeing, and I got to see a lot of it this weekend in Atlanta. I love seeing people dancing and having fun and just being themselves. And it's, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what you enjoy. You can have a pup mask on or you can have a rainbow headset that's neon and lit up on your head. As If you're there and you're having fun and you're dancing, it makes... It makes my heart just, I feel like the Grinch on The Grinch Stole Christmas, you know, when his heart gets bigger and bigger. Yes. That's how I feel. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel when I see someone just dancing and loving. And if you go to my Facebook or my Instagram, my main page is uh, Joe Whitaker on Facebook, Joe, Joe Man Up on Instagram. You can see some of the videos from this past weekend. And the DJs just, they were so into it. They did such an incredible job. I told them, I said, you guys made magic. I mean, if you just look out here at the crowd, they're having such an incredible time. And, and so we accomplished our goal. We, we, did, we did two parties and people had just an amazing time.
1: That's great, Joe. That is yeah. just great. So we've got to get down to the nitty gritty. Okay.
0: Notified <laughs> five.
1: Yes. Okay. Joe, what is your golden rule? What's the one rule you live by?
2: The truth, first and foremost, is most important. You tell the truth, always.
1: Am I a handsome man, Joe?
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Thank you. Okay. That was an Just easy one, Anthony. I know. That was so oh. easy. I, I couldn't I It's couldn't easy because it's true. Oh, stop. Yes. What, what, is the, what is one of your daily habits you strongly believe contributes to your success?
2: Um, a daily habit that I, that I it, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is, but I make sure that I, I, at least once during the day, I take a few minutes. Sometimes it's in the mornings. Sometimes it's the afternoon, or it can be when I lay my head down on my pillow. Um, I just say, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I, I come, I, I list the people and the things that I'm thankful for. And I just say them to myself and I, I, I have to do that. I, I have to take that time every day to say, thank you. Um, that just
0: gave me goosebumps.
1: I read recently that the happiest people are those who are the most grateful and are those who, uh, take time to express their gratefulness. Good for you. What are the things you tell yourself when no one
2: is listening? Well, um, I think I say this more than than most things. I I say to myself a lot of times, um, you're going to be okay. Uh, The reason I say that is um, there was a point in my life after coming out that I didn't want to live. And I, and I did attempt to kill myself. And, um, and I was in a very, very dark place. Mm -hmm. And I was also, I relied, I relied on doctors to give me meds that, didn't help. They just made the situation worse. Um, so I, I say that to myself, not that I, I, mean, I got out of that dark place. I also got off those meds um, and not that meds are bad. Meds. Are, meds it's, it's, everybody's different. I'm not saying meds are bad. For me, the meds may put me in a darker space, mm-hmm. um, but I do say to myself, you're going to be okay. Because sometimes I know that, from my friends and everyone around me and from Colin, I, I take on a lot. You know, I've I've taken on a lot this month, 21 parties. Um, and I do get sometimes so overwhelmed feeling. That, but I do have to say to myself, you're gonna be okay. We're yes. Get so-
1: and you are. Yes. And you are. So how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were?
2: Oh the gosh, 55
1: that we all know.
2: No, I feel like I'm 25. Yeah. I feel like I'm, yeah. I, well, I actually, I feel younger than that. I, I, I had to tell, somebody asked me the other day, what was the first, or you asked me the, the a live event or whatever, but someone said, what was the first concert you ever went to? And my first concert was Huey Lewis and the News, who I was <laughs> such a big fan of uh, as a kid. Uh, he was at my, my alma mater, Auburn University, uh, in the fall that year, and uh, I worked for a person in the administrative building, and she took me to that concert. That was the very first concert I ever gone to in my life. I was eighteen years old. I remember being so in awe because she got us front row seats, and uh, it just it. I remember the excitement, and. And so I kind of feel like I'm 18 all the time when I'm, I'm in a DJ booth and I, and I see the magic these DJs put together with the way they remix music. And so sometimes I feel like I'm standing at that Huey Lewis concert. And I feel that same excitement. So I guess I feel like I'm 18.
1: Good for you. <laughs> uh, you certainly party like you're 18. I wish I could party like that. <laughs> so that leads me to the last question. What is your why? What My is your Why? why? My why? Yes. Why do you do what you do?
2: Well, the answer earlier, seeing people really happy, Mm -hmm. seeing people feel good about being themselves. I spent 40 years trying to be someone else. Um, So I truly enjoy seeing people be themselves and be happy. I get messages all the time. And I I actually got messaged last week by an email from someone that on a website that I have a profile. He's, he's joined that site. It's not a site of mine, but he um, he's joined it anonymously. He doesn't show his, his face. Um, and he, he told me, he said, I live in the Midwest. I'm gay. My family is super uber conservative. He said to the point that um, they're racist. And he said, I'm fearful for coming out he said, if I ever came out, I would, I, I don't know what I would do. He, and I, on all my profiles, whether it's Scruff, which I'm on and they, they, sh- they just, they sh- display all of my events or it's um, any of the sites that I'm, I'm on that I've been on for a long time. Um, when I came out, I, I, I tell a part of my story. I tell about how I came out and that I was married. And so he reached out to me and, and he, he, I'm I'm talking to him. He just said, I need someone to talk to. He said, I can't believe you did what you did. I admire it so much. And so I do what I do because I've been where he has been. And I remember the pain and I remember the fear. My life was threatened when I came out. It was threatened by people that didn't want me to come out because it exposed a family member of theirs. I remember the fear of not knowing what I was gonna do with my life. I resigned from my job with New York Life because I was fearful that I was gonna be outed and I resigned before I was outed. Um, So I do what I do because I want people to know my story. I want men, women out there that are fearful of being in families that are not gonna be accepting are in jobs or careers, they're afraid to lose. This gentleman, he is a professional. He's an attorney and he, he, he from what I've learned so far, I mean, he's a very intelligent, smart man, very professional and he's terrified to be himself. Mm. Yeah.
1: Thank you for doing what you do. Thank yeah. you so much. It's, it's important having an avenue to be yourself it's that simple and thank you for providing that joe and thank you for taking time to be with us on this little podcast and great 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 good luck to you this weekend in orlando with your parties i'm sure they're going to be fantastic and i'm sure orlando will never be the same (laughs) uh and that's a good thing
2: So listen,
1: that's right. That's right. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to Bolotified. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. And remember to leave us your questions or comments at bolotta.com backslash podcast.
0: Bolotified is a production of Bolotta Entertainment.
1: Hey, that's a lot of Bolotta. Stay engaging. Hey, friends, thank you so much for listening. We have just one little favor to ask you. In our show notes, we put a survey. We'd like to know who you are. Would you mind filling out the survey for us? Just a few short questions. That's all. Thanks. Thanks for listening.